Now. Three, two, one, go! What's up and welcome to episode 32 of the Cooldown Time Podcast, a horrendously good weekly show about gaming's best and bootiest. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me as always is my co-host, longtime friend, and a man that dreams of seeing his picture on Phil Spencer's bookshelf. We got Pablo in the house. What's up, man? Yeah, what do I got to do, man? What dick do I gotta suck in order? <laughs> hey, yo, oh, yo. <laughs> the kids. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I just gotta, I mean, I gotta see myself back there. Probably um, Phil's, uh, I'm guessing, you know. Uh, uh, you, didn't right. sound, you, didn't, you didn't sound like you were horrified by that, but uh, I don't know why I said no. horrified. Horrified? Oh, boy. It's gonna be one of those episodes. Yep. Um, so... Uh, good thing we're not monetized because you probably would have got us demonetized immediately with your with your answer to that. I don't um, think so. But uh, nevertheless, we have. Excuse me. Yeah. I will not stand for uh, to be shamed by the lengths I'm trying to to take in order to advance my uh, career. What kind of shaming is this? Like suck shaming? What is this? Yeah, suck shaming. <laughs> don't suck shame me. Oh, here comes the migraine right in the temples. Yep. Yep. All right, um, I can go for some Omicron right now. Uh, so we have a <laughs> we have a great episode for all of you as usual. Um, we've got loadouts. We're talking about some. Uh, we're rounding up some of the the last games we wanted to get around to before the end of the year, uh, including a new release that just came out um, a couple days ago. So we're getting into all that. We have some hit points, which is our new segment. I uh, have a very interesting rumor about a game that was supposed to show up. At the Game Awards, that was uh, a pretty big one, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, as well as uh, Ubisoft's latest announcement about a sequel that we've been talking about for a long time, but not so much a sequel, more so a remake. But we'll get into all that, plus, we're finally going to do it. We're going to talk about our thoughts on all this NFT nonsense, so stay tuned for that in our Hit point segment, and then it is our Checkpoint Chat, and it is our last console in review segment where we talk about the xbox's year and all the highs lows and the grade that we're going to give them for their performance this year so stay tuned for all that now before we get into the show uh and 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 of course our call to action to follow us and sub to us and all that good stuff uh, a little bit of housekeeping so um next week is going to debut our first game of the year spectacular it's going to be a two-part um event, if you will. Uh, we're going to have 10 uh, amazing categories that we're going to go over and pick winners for. We're going to deliberate on each category. We're not going to have our own separate list like we did uh, back in our first episodes. going to debate it, deliberate it, get into arguments, have to cool off, probably talk bad about each other on Twitter, but we'll get over it and then we'll pick winners <laughs> for all those categories. Uh, and then we'll have another part two, which will be uh, debating our top 10 games of the year. So uh, we hope that you're looking forward to that as much as we are. We put a lot of thought and planning into it. So uh, really excited to, uh, to do that with you guys. So if you uh, like what you hear and that sounds cool to you, be sure to give our podcast a sub. We upload <laughs> weekly 
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite streaming apps. And you could also keep us in your FOV in between episodes by following us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast and Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod as well. Now, with all that out of the way, Pablo, let's go ahead and jump right in to loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right. And let's go ahead and start with, um, why don't we go ahead and start with the game that just came out, one of the last releases uh, to talk about uh, of 2021, uh, a game that we both have played uh, via Game Pass, uh, that is The Gunk. So uh, this comes from, uh, I believe the name of the studio is Image and Form, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, uh, which uh, they are the creators of the SteamWorld series, which uh, me and Pablo both love. So uh, this was a game that has been on our radars for a while because of that uh, history and that lineage with them. And so we were really looking forward to seeing what they were going to do uh, with this new IP. Uh, so Pablo, I'm going to go ahead and kick this over to you and let's just jump right into it. How do you feel about this game? Is it is it worth the time that you put into it? Is it does it live up to their legacy with the SteamWorld series? Where are you at with this? Yeah, I, I think I hate it. Um, oh, you know I, it's funny because you talk about the the games that come before it, right? Uh, SteamWorld Dig, SteamWorld High, SteamWorld Dig Two. I think they have a SteamWorld Quest. Uh, they have yep. all these games in that series, and all of them are pretty good. Specifically, SteamWorld Dig Two being probably the greatest achievement um and then you know any other any other studio making a game called the gunk and the way that it looks i wouldn't really give it uh too much thought or even kind of any have any kind of anticipation but because it is this this team i was really looking forward to it like you mentioned and it offset off rip it just feels bland boring and it just there's nothing about the game that feels good like i think it's in terms of like the gameplay i think it feels uh it doesn't control wise doesn't feel good it's way too like um floaty um the sound of the game just doesn't feel great uh the the one particular thing that is just it just gets like it's a go in my head it's that when she jumps the sound she makes is so bad because it's so it's the same sound <laughs> over to diff maybe a different varying degree of, of like tonality to it it's so bad it just it's an example of little things like that where it overall the game to me just feels so bland really that's kind of the word that i like in my notes here i have one note under it and it's meh it just it's the epitome <laughs> of that word it's just so nothing um and it's so weird because it, it on open critic it's like a 71 which is not great um but it just this year video games has been i think one of the worst years for games as a whole but you still get reviews that come in for games like this that that want to find something to praise about it and i just i there's nothing for me there's no one review that i saw says that the game does nothing good and that's kind of where i'm at i don't think it does anything particularly bad either like it's not the worst game i've ever played but it's not even close to being one of the better games i played this year being in a year that's pretty much pretty bad you know so i don't know i i i i i'm i'm i shocked confused as to this is the same team that made steamworld dig 2 uh when you look at the other games i don't think they've i don't think steamworld dig 2 or even heist released on an xbox uh i think that was a nintendo switch playstation thing so this is kind of the first time that we're seeing um. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, it, it might be on Xbox. I could have swore it was on Game Pass for a while, too. I think it is. No, so I'm looking here, and it looks like only SteamWorld Dig, the first one, came out on Xbox One. Every uh, 
SteamWorld uh, High, SteamWorld Day 2, and SteamWorld Quest did, never came out on uh, Xbox. They came out on Windows, but never Xbox. So this is uh, the mm. first time that we get in a while a game from this from this company. And it is a Xbox exclusive. It is a console exclusive game at, at that. So, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's just bad. For me, it's, in terms of overall, I don't like it at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll I'll go through the you know my, my usual pros cons and conclusions thing, but I, I think um, I, I don't I don't disagree very much at all with what you said. Um, I think you're pretty much spot on in in, in pretty much every every way. Um, I think what I think it has going for it is that even though it has plenty of problems um, from concept to execution, I think it is a relatively polished game. Uh, it didn't feel um, like it was held together by tape like a lot of games can yeah. which you know it's it's not enough to to sing this game's praises but it's it's not a bad thing either um i thought the voice acting was all right uh it wasn't bad it you know it, it was it was their first stab at it it was a little hokey but it could have been way worse i thought it was okay um and i thought the controls made sense <laughs> so i'm really reaching here yeah um, so I mean, I think other than that, where I land as far as the cons go, I think just starting from the the idea of vacuuming gunk, that just, yeah. it's not gratifying. No, it's, it's not. It's and trying it's like the, to be, it yeah. reminds me of like the Luigi's Mansion kind of thing, obviously, because it's like, it's trying to Ghostbusters, but with like booger looking gunk that's like, you know, and, and like somebody close, had a... Yeah. And barely no had a nosebleed with blood yeah. pouring out of their nose and just left it on a planet. And, it, and I'm, now I'm vacuuming it up for the entire game. That's supposed to be fun. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like, that would be if you played uh, Luigi's Mansion and the the sucking of the ghost thing sucked. The, the game had no charm. And it wasn't, like, fun to play, which is everything that the gunk yeah. is. I don't think the gunk is very charming. I don't think that the action, like you said, of, of sucking up the gunk is satisfying in any way yeah and it's overall just ugh, ugh. so mad yeah, you 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 know if you're gonna like it like five minutes in once you do your first vacuum of gunk you're like okay i did that that's what the entire game is made of uh that's 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 because everything that's, that's all the whole uh, game is, yeah yeah and in a way the concept makes sense from a standpoint of like steam world dig was literally about digging and mining so this is their next gimmick of vacuuming or you know sucking up the, this gunk stuff but it just didn't work it felt uh, awful and, and kind of uh, like I said just dissatisfying um, you know so I really didn't like the fact that it was so one note from a gameplay standpoint um, the characters look weird. I don't like the art style at all. They look yeah. very disproportional, but like pencil screams budgets and yeah, it, it, well even just the way that the the characters are shaped, like they're weirdly like wide and then skinny 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 ankles and and big feet. Like they just look wonky and it doesn't look like gratifying to me. It's actually pretty off-putting looking. So I didn't I didn't like how the characters looked or moved to your point. Um the animations just seem really off and uh kind of clunky looking uh lip syncing is bad when they're talking to each other like in real time like why uh, like don't show me them talking if you didn't put any work into because it's all yeah. this is like the, the flat mouth bob 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 like face yeah, yeah, yeah uh please don't clip that and put that at the end of this episode <laughs> <laughs> bob, bob, bob. 
Yeah. Don't, um, if I see your pen go up, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm turning my mic off. Um, so stuff like that, I think just, you know, it, it cheapens the experience. The platforming sucks. The ledges are, are weird because some ledges have like the yellow to tell you this is where you can jump. But then you'll have ledges that are the exact same height right. that don't yeah. have that yellow indicator you that you it. can't just it's jump. The, like it's, it's, it's like Kena to me. I literally about to say, it's like Kena except worse because in Kena you can actually go get there. You just have to hit that ledge right. In this game, you yep. cannot. You will slide down, fall into the crevice right and like shake down. for like two seconds. Yeah. Booty hole, man. Um, so yeah, I don't have too much else to say about it. It was a disappointing game. I, I don't know why they decided to release it now either. What, what was the... What do they think was going to happen? Like, people are still playing Halo. People are still, you know, uh, at least on the Xbox side. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just didn't make sense to put it out uh, on the 16th of December. Just yeah. just hold off I'm, and just, or, or just add some more stuff to it and put it out later next year I don't or something. Know. I, don't, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, they ha- maybe that team is working on something else and they wanted to get, you know, get the game out. Uh, maybe there's a, I wonder if there's some kind of, Game Pass number that game that Microsoft wants to hit in terms of releases that year, um, which know. is which is actually something that we'll talk about later in terms of uh, what Xbox is doing with Game Pass. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a super super weird release, and it's not a good game. But it is what it is, yeah. and, I, and I think it's time to stop saying well, at least it's on Game Pass, because yes, that's true. I didn't spend any money, and yes, I probably would have spent money on it. Well, actually, no, because the reviews haven't been great. But ultimately, I, I think that that's not good enough anymore because it's still using a valuable part of my time for me to get through to play just because I'm not going to give it an excuse because, Oh, it's on game pass. No, it still has to be a fun game to play. And so, yeah, Yeah. this is just another one of those games on game pass. That's not very good. Yeah, it's a shame, but it is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, why don't you go ahead and, uh, and pick up where we left off and, and go ahead and talk through the rest of the games that are on your uh, your loadouts. Yeah, I have a quick kind of... I've been playing a few games here and there. Um, Ratchet and Clank, uh, as I'm, I'm trying to finish up uh, for Game of the Year. Um, I've been literally in the last level of that game for the past... Since it came out. Went back to it. I, I, I think that one of the things that people don't talk about enough of that game... And people, you know, the art style and all that stuff and, and, and the the dimensional dynamic in terms of the game, that's fine. I think the true hero of this game, it's its frame rate. Uh, specifically towards the end of that game, they're throwing so many things at you and that game is just steady. It's, 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 yeah. it's that, that impressed me more than anything. Uh, it's Specifically now that I haven't played it in such a long time and going back to it and kind of just seeing... They're just throwing shit particles. Your your gun is doing all this crazy shit with the lightning, like and and it's a game is just a fucking monster, just a yeah, machine. The, the performance ray tracing mode that you can pick is. Yeah. I, I hope that that's what I'm playing. That take that other games take note of that yeah. because it's it's the perfect thing where it's it doesn't have to be 4K to look good, and no. it still has all like the HDR bells and whistles while still maintaining a solid 60. Yeah, that that is clutch, man. That it that, is, that it, looked and ran so well. That's the true for my in my opinion, the true hero of this game. Um, but I, I even with all that, um, I still can't believe how much good things how how good this game is in terms of the performance. But yet it does it still does nothing for me. Uh, and it's like it's funny because we're in this weird dichotomy here between. You with Psychonauts and me with this game where we acknowledge each of those games being good in their own right, but it's just something about them we can't get into. Well, granted, I, I'm at the end uh, of this game. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. I, it, it, I'm forcing myself for the podcast. If it wasn't for this, I would not be playing that game anymore. So it's weird because it does so many good things. But other than that, I, 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 I'll, I'll get. I'm almost there. So you know, the thing that's distracting me is Cyberpunk 2077. I, I, I bought it on sale. Uh-oh. Uh oh. And I, it's a stash game for me, or so I thought. I'm like, oh, I'm stash it till the next shit stuff comes out early next year, supposedly. So. I have it there. It's downloaded, and I'm like, ah, let me just kind of try it out, you know. So I started uh, the Nomad, which I I had started before. I didn't want to spoil the one thing I didn't do with Street Kid, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. So I restarted the Street Kid uh, intro, and uh, man, you know this game. I, this game is good. I, this game is really fucking no, good. No, you're not supposed to like it, man. You gotta yeah. be angry. You yeah, man. Hate I, it. I, I, you know, it's funny because I never, I never disliked it to begin with. Uh, I, I acknowledge that it, obviously it never played well on, on the on the on the old consoles. I I was lucky enough uh, to get a PS5, so I was playing on the PS5. There was a lot of issues, a lot of oh, crashes. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that's not true. And that sucked at the time, and that probably soured me a little bit because I think I had it five or six in my game of the year. But ultimately, uh, you know, I I think it deserves to be higher. I. I this is not the game that uh, CD Projekt Red promised. It's not. You know, they pro- they overpromise, underdelivered. But it is, however, it's still a great game nonetheless. It is the world that created is just next level. It's they don't want to say that they're like Fallout in that sense. They want to be their own thing. But it, this is their this is the best take on Fallout. That's not Fallout, you know, in terms of how the game plays and how the the, the Western RPG ness of it all kind of uh, just isn't throughout the game. I'd say, yeah, probably maybe that maybe that in the Outer Worlds. Yeah, yeah, which which is the same thing, but and and I don't mean Fallout in the setting. I mean in the structure of the RPG and, and the storytelling mm. and the quest structure that way. Gotcha. And uh, that way. Um, but this game is fucking fantastic. I, I have slowed down on playing it a little bit just because, you know, I I am about to get into that big mission, for those who haven't played, uh, that is, is out of pretty much the intro, you know, where you finally yeah. get into meeting um, uh, Count Reeves. So I, I slowed down on it just because, thankfully, one specific game, which I'll talk about now, which is Chicory. Um, this is a game that people have been talking about for the past couple of months about being a game of the year uh, contender. Um mm. You know, and looking at the art style, it's a very hard game to look at screenshots and even in trailers without really experiencing it for yourself because it is, it, it looks really bland. It, that's on purpose uh, because the whole point of the game itself is that um, you're, you're living a world and in every world there's a, uh, a, a person who wields the brush, which is a paintbrush. And the world is made to their liking. They're the ones that paint the whole world, and, and everything has a color based on that one person's, uh, you know, artistic flavor, right? Mm-hmm. The game opens up with that world being completely uh, erased, right? So it's all black and white. There's n- you can't see it, and then you go to the person who paints the world, and you find the little brush, and then from that point on, every section you go, you could paint it or not any way you want. Uh, and it is fucking So it's kind of like coloring a coloring book. Yeah, yeah. And okay. it is zen as fuck, dude. It is, you know, it is so, like, you can just start painting. You can, you can just paint the whole thing one color. You can hold down a button and just spread out the whole thing. But mm-hmm. the, the way the mechanics of that game is so cool because it's obviously, it looks like a coloring book, right? And so when you're painting, the, the brush doesn't go past the black line unless you double tap up. So you can, you mm-hmm. know, you can paint any way you want. 
it is it is really it's really fun and it's super like charming and it the story is actually really good it's it, it's it's a mystery what happened to the person who's creating everything why did the world go white and you people are throughout the whole each section they're pretty depressed because everything is black and white and you put color into the world and by doing that some people don't even like your artistic style they're like oh i like the way the other person did it better like and then you can restart <laughs> it's really really good i i'm i've 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 started to play it and i probably put like a good chunk of hours in it because i just kept going it was it's just it's so good it's so fun and, and, and unraveling the mystery there is is also good i mean it's it's when we had the hidden gem uh, episode a couple of weeks ago, this should have been on there because it. A lot of people are talking about it. Not enough, I don't think. It. I personally hmm. think this is a. Fu- this isn't to the level of. Um, uh, oh my god! I always do this once. Uh, once. Once a show. Uh, her name is Madeline. Uh, she's in. Are you talking about uh, like. Oh, one of your favorite games of all time. No, yeah. I'm letting you do that. You got to you got to dig yourself out of this hole. I can't do it. You got to help me. I, I'm I'm blanking out here. Uh, it's the 2D side scrolling. I know what it is. I just I can't think of the name, man. It's called Madeline, right? Oh, you can't think of it either. You <laughs> son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Uh, anyway, look, man, I, did, I anyway. didn't care about that game too much, but you, you uh, I love that it. game. I know it's it's embarrassing, but anyway, uh. It's not in that level. It. It's not in the levels of, of that in terms of like uh, that's like a ten out of ten game. But it is. It is. It is an impressive indie title that I think uh, if you have time to play it, I think you should. I I I really 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 am digging this game uh, quite a bit. Uh, so that's it's definitely a game that I want to finish because it's definitely a game that I want to add on my top ten list uh, of the year so far because it is it is fucking fantastic. What was the game? Celeste. Celeste, Jesus Christ, <laughs> guys! I'm an embar- I'm an embarrassment. You your own to- top ten list. I just, of I, you all know, time I, have, I have bad, I have bad memories. You know, bad mind, yeah. a bad mind. Well, my mom bad. Um, my mom bad. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start talking now. <laughs> okay. All right. Over. So, um, so um, bad, one game that I was. Sh- <laughs> listen to my voice, guys. Mine. Um, <clears throat> So one game that I was um, playing, um, actually the week that, that the Halo Infinite campaign came out was uh, actually Shin Megami Tensei Five. Um, I decided I wanted to go ahead and play it because I, I, I was starting to kind of like the idea of playing it again. I, I wasn't sure if I was in the mood for a JRPG, but um, I, I started looking at reviews again and I'm like, you know what, I, I kind of do want to try this out. So I, I didn't talk about it in the last episode because we were talking so much uh, Halo that I didn't want to, you know, uh, bog down the episode with too much of it, but um, put in about I want to say maybe five or six hours of uh, SMT five so far, um, and it's a really peculiar game. So I think the the good the good things about the game is I think that it has an amazing art style uh, and great music, and it much like other games in the series, the the creep obscure weird factor that it has going for it is still really really good and and, and quite frankly unmatched um, I think that the Pokemon-esque hook to the game is really cool too as far as um, for those of you that don't know much about the game you you are you know uh, a character who is in a post-apocalyptic Tokyo you've been granted without spoiling too much you've been granted certain powers that allow you to recruit um, what they call demons uh, throughout this world. 
uh, to fight on your side, and they each have their own move sets, much like a, a, a Pokemon would. Um, so instead of catching them, you have to kind of negotiate with them, barter with them. They might ask you, hey, give me some of your HP, and you have to give them some of your HP, or give me some of your NP, and give me some more money, um, and then they'll ask you kind of like weird questions to to see, to like kind of feel you out as a person, and if they like you, and or you comply enough, or if you, um, you know, play hard to get, they'll actually like you more in some cases, depending on the demon, and so they'll join you, uh, and then you can build this roster of, of, of uh, demons that you can, much like Persona, if you've played Persona games, you know how you can kind of fuse demons together to create more powerful ones, you can still do that here too. Uh, so th- that hook is really is really cool, and I like the fact that you can kind of manage your team, and uh, you have a bigger roster of, of, uh, of characters to use in these, uh, these fights. Now, Speaking of the battle system and the fights, it, it is a it is very tough. It is extremely tough. Um, I'm playing it on casual, um, which is the game's technically the game's easy mode. There's a, there's actually a, a mode that's even easier. That's like a it's basically like you can't die at all type of mode. Oh, okay. Um, but I haven't picked that one yet because I don't want to like break the game per se. Yeah. But it's very tough, man. It's this is unequivocally the dark souls of JRPGs. I'm not saying that, you know, I, I hate analogies like that, but it really is in, in a sense of if you make one bad move with one of your turns, you will pay the price and it will be on you much like it yeah. is on dark souls or, you know, games like that. Um, so it is tough, but it is, it is good. Uh, in that sense, uh, the, the battling is very rewarding. Um, but I will say kind of getting into the cons, the combat does get repetitive after a while. Um, it is very much the same formula of battle an enemy, try to figure out whatever their weakness is. If you, if you hit them with one of their, with one of their weaknesses, you'll get an extra turn, uh, and just keep doing that in order to kind of stop them from even being able to, to attack you at all. Um, and kind of. That's how it is for the rest of the game, for the most part. It's just that you, you deal with different types of enemies and bosses that require a little bit more, um, you know, thought and strategy. But it's pretty much the same thing on on on, uh, on that on that level. So there's that. I think that another reason why the combat is repetitive is because that's kind of all there is to the game. Uh, the plot is really paper thin, and it's total gibberish too. It's if you played. SMT games in the past, it's usually it's like it's like good versus evil, order versus chaos, and it never really does much with anything in between, especially the characters that that they're that are brought in uh, as well. It's all pretty much an afterthought, and most of what you're doing in that game is running around, getting into battles, building up your team, and just continuing to to conquer. Um, and that's cool for a while, but this is a long game, and that's a lot of doing that. So uh, it is it is kind of a drawback for for people like me. And I'd say the last con is that the open world um, is really bland. Uh, if you've seen videos of it online, you see like the like the desert looking Tokyo, and it's kind of just how it always is. Maybe it'll change later on in the game. Um, I haven't you know, obviously I'm only a couple hours in, but from what I've heard, it's it's a lot like that overall, uh, which is disappointing um, because it, it looks kind of crappy with the Switch resolution being so so lousy as it yeah. is. It looks just yeah, like yeah. a bunch of like low polygonal sand, you know, and, and it, it doesn't look that great. Um, and the open world or open-ish world is sort of poorly made too. It's not very interesting to roam around when everything looks the exact same either. So um, I think overall with me, like, I think that it's putting 
too many eggs in the battle systems basket. And I think a lot of SMT loyalists will probably scream at you, well, that's what the game is. It's not trying to be Persona. I get that, but it doesn't mean it can't have a, a more fleshed out story. It doesn't mean it can't, there can't be more diversity uh, or more characters to kind of connect with throughout the game. Those things can still happen and you still can stay true to SMT. I just think that they miss the boat in a lot of those ways uh, to the point where the game feels... Um, very, very repetitive, very predictable, and after a while, it's not super enjoyable uh, anymore. So I'm, I'm a little bummed out about this one, to be honest. I thought I was really going to take to it, but um, if you're more of a casual, traditional JRPG fan, I don't know if this is what you want. If you're looking to kind of get your butt kicked and, and really wrap your mind around a deep system um, and learn the hard way, then I think you'll love it. So it just depends on kind of who you are as a JRPG fan. But so. I also I also feel like uh, even if you are a hardcore JRPG fan, this game still might not be uh, for you. It's true. It, it's, it's a different true. kind of of JRPG in that it, it it's focused. It's nowadays a lot of JRPGs are 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 mainly focused on its story and its writing and and, and the battle systems yeah. are, are are good, but they're they're pretty easy to kind of wrap your head around. This seems like the opposite, where the writing is is, is, is an afterthought, but the, they've really honed in on the battle system, which yeah, which is which is you know to each their own. I, I prefer a lot of that tropey anime type of stuff. Like with Persona Five, it was like mostly story, mm-hmm. and, and and the battle system was easy uh, and complex, you know, in its own way. But yeah, for yeah. sure, definitely not yeah. a game that I'm even coming close to. Oh or, or have no, I ever. no, no, you yeah. never. Never yeah. should buy this game, and if you if you I, did, don't let me see your play history. <laughs> oh yeah, no, <laughs> like no, you no, did I'll when you bought Metroid. Um, <laughs> so the the last game that I'm playing, uh, it actually it just went on sale um, on Xbox, and I was meaning to get around to it. Uh, is Alan Wake remastered? So as we mentioned in the last episode, uh, Alan Wake Two was officially announced, and so I thought, hey, while I'm kind of in the Alan yeah, Wake mode of thinking about, you know, what the sequel might be like. Let me let me try this remaster out, see what it's got going on. Um, it was on sale for 23 bucks. I thought that's a pretty solid, solid price. Um, and it's about what I expected. Uh, I think visually it looks really nice overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the characters do still look a little derpy in the face because... Even though they've remodeled some of the faces, it's still, they're working with old, you know, a lot of old, you know, stuff under under the hood, so to speak. Uh, So I didn't expect too much there, but it does still look really nice, especially when it's dark out and the the ambiance is is on and popping. So that that, that stuff is really good. Um, The story, uh, and I think the story still holds up relatively well. Some of the voice acting doesn't. It's a very campy uh, old school remedy voice acting. Alan, Alan is very yeah. <laughs> Alan is uh, he's an interesting guy. I'm, I'm, and it made me think about the sequel actually when you when you mentioned that because, or uh, when you did that Alan impression, uh, because they're gonna have to figure out you know like are, are we gonna try to maintain some of that campiness for the sequel or do we want Alan to be more. Um, less of a remedy character and more of like a human character that, that actually is more human like in the way that he talks and, and, and stuff like that. Um, cause he was a really, he was like Max Payne, but a writer almost with his like monologues and his pretentiousness and stuff. So I don't know how they're going to translate some of that. So I, I, I have a, I think that the writing for the, uh, for the first Alan Wake, um, 
is, like you said, it's campy. But it's funny because I think, I don't know if it was on purpose or what it is, but Alan Wake, the person doing the Alan Wake, they forgot to tell him it was campy. Because he is serious as fuck. Everything he says is with <laughs> with the utmost seriousness and, like, urgency. So um, it, it kind of clashes a little bit because the shit he's reading sucks. It's not, like, the best writing. And it, he's, he's trying to be, like, so poetic about it. Uh, and it's like, oh, it's so bad sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that yeah. that adds to the that adds to, it to everything. So it does, and there is a little bit of self awareness, I would say, because when you think about like the, I can't remember the name of it, um, Nightfalls, like the TV show that that you can go watch in some of like the areas in the game. It's like the Twilight Zone kind of show. Do you remember that? Like yeah, TV yeah, yeah, scattered yeah. around would have that show playing. It's I love very, that show. Like it's very goofy, and you know you it's, can it's, tell it's. They it's know. very uh, Twilight Zone. That's exactly what yeah, they're exactly. going for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the first one that you see is uh, like it's it's this uh, it's this story of of a guy who's figured out how to like not die in in like this multiverse thing, but he's teaching at a university called Moorcock University. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know what the it's fuck like, that's okay. about. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you. Let me ask you this because I personally think that the Alan Wake voice actor is uh, horrible, but um, in. The interesting thing is, is in, what was it? I think if I'm not mistaking, uh, in Control, the, the, uh, AWE, uh, DLC, the person voicing Alan Wake was a different actor. Um, oh, I don't know. And, and, um, and Sam Lake went to Twitter and said, I'll read what the tweet says. Thank you for being as excited about Alan Wake 2 as we are. A couple of easy clarifications before we go dark to continue the work. Yes, this is a third-person game. Yes, both Ika uh, Vili, which is the main, I think the the I think the first guy who did the voice, and Matthew Peretta, which is the one that did the voice for uh, the uh, the DLC, will be returning as Al. A retro, will both be returning in the role of Alan Wake? Huh? How are they both going to be returning? So there's got to be some kind of duality there. Yeah, there's uh, something up with that. There's something so which up is, with that. Which is pretty dope. Um, yeah, I think that could be interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, stuff like that. That's why I love Remedy, man. They they are so unafraid to be weird. And, and like they know people are going to be like, huh? And I, there's yeah. got to be a plot-related reason for that. So, I'm, yeah, that makes me even more excited, honestly. Which is, which is not really... Which is not really like crazy because there was that one thing where uh, in in Alan Wake in Alan Wake uh, American Nightmare where you're talking to yourself who's the bad guy version of yourself so there's mm-hmm. there was always that uh, there so maybe they're exploring that further whatever mm-hmm. I, I, we'll I'm 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 a Remedy fan through and through um, I mean I'm fucking excited for Crossfire X which is why <laughs> would I, why should I be but because they're doing it so can't yeah. wait. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, same. Uh, I'm looking forward to Crossfire X just as well, just because it says Remedy on there. They haven't really missed in in too many ways for me. I think the last thing I'll say... Last thing I'll say about, uh, you know, this remaster is on a gameplay side of things, not much has changed at all. And that's kind of for the better and for the worse. I think one of the the most awkward things, especially if you've never played the original, is the -the over-the-shoulder camera. It's very weird in this game because... You are, so you're holding a flashlight with your left hand and you got your gun in your right hand. So they want the camera to follow your left shoulder. Most games that do over the shoulder stuff like God of War, Resident Evil, they'll, they'll leave, um, 
the, the over the shoulders on the right side. So you have, you know, your characters on the left of your screen, everything else is on the right. They flip that. You can still toggle it, but the default is like kind of flipped. So because of the camera viewing, I, I mean, yeah. the, the flashlight viewing, I always, so, I always toggle it. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it took me about an hour to get used to that again. Cause I'm like, man, they could have, uh, could have modernized this somehow, you know, but they didn't, they didn't really touch much anything with the gameplay. So yeah, it's very much tradi- a traditional, uh, a traditional experience. Yeah. So just be I, warned I, if you if you play it. Yeah, I do hope that um, there's going back real quick to what we're talking about story because I, I was thinking here about the story of Alan Wake. I hope there's a little more seriousness to it because the end of Alan Wake goes nuts, goes nuts with I, those. You know, what? I don't want you to tell me too much about it because actually, for, I totally forgot the ending. Okay. I have right, totally yeah. forgot the ending of this game. Yeah, so they go I, fucking. I, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, so I uh, I'm excited to keep playing this though. This one uh, was one I wanted to get into a, like around Halloween time, but I just could, I didn't know if I was gonna really be into it or not. But so far I like it for what it for what it costed. I just wish they did a little bit more to update the gameplay just as much as they did with the visuals. But uh, I still recommend it so far. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that's pretty much all we have going on for loadouts, man. So why don't we go ahead and jump right in to hit points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right. Now, the Game Awards, uh, as we had talked about in our last episode, it was a lot. There was a lot of stuff revealed, a lot of stuff that we you know, kind of expected, some stuff we didn't expect. Uh, but one game in particular was supposed to be there, and it is a pretty interesting one. Pablo, industry writer and insider Tom Henderson has reported that Bully 2 was expected to be revealed at the Game Awards last week and that a playable build was allegedly shown to a select group. Now, Pablo, are, are you surprised, number one, that Rockstar has chosen Bully 2 as their next project? And irregardless of that, what are your thoughts about this? I've always been surprised about the love that Bully gets. Um mm. Okay. Yeah. I, for me, playing Bully when it came out, I remember falling off of it um, and then going back to it years later. And I I, look, I don't think it's a bad game. I, I just think that it, it Rockstar games have a weird way about being immortalized in these as pantheon of incredible games. Like, I remember people swearing by Rockstar table tennis. Like, I mean... It, it, like shit like that always happens. It's like it, it, that's a tech demo, and it's. It, I guess it's fun to play, but I mean, like talking about Man, this, that game was that game was great. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like it's still, but but within the context of what that game is, though, you know, oh, that course, game is still course. just table tennis, and people were talking about that shit like it was the next. You know, side side note though, but the, the reason why they made that game was so so shady. Because they had been getting so much controversy about their games being so violent and blah, blah, blah. that they literally made that game just to kind of clap back at everybody by yeah. purposely making the most unoffensive game they could possibly make. Yeah. And it was actually really fun. But it was also, it, they also used it, um, They it, took, it was two-pronged because they did it for that and they also did it to test out their, uh, their new engine that they were doing. So, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it was like a tech demo. But what I'm saying is... Is yes, I am surprised that Rockstar is reviving Bully Two in that they're putting resources into a Bully Two. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that, however you may look at Bully in terms of where it stacks up in Rockstar games, I think it's at the bottom. 
Uh, but that's not saying like it's terrible because Rockstar makes some excellent games, you know. But uh, yeah. I, I don't. I've never understood the the bully uh, hype. And I and I again, it's a good game. But the way people talk about this game is if they're almost talking about Grand Theft Auto Three or something like that. I mean, it, it's it's a very the game itself very linear. Uh, it's it's very repetitive too. Like there's a lot of stuff about that game that just really uh, just doesn't feel like that Rockstar experience that you're kind of uh, always wanting to get from these games. Like when you think about games that are not Grand Theft Auto, Max Payne 3, for example, an excellent fucking mm-hmm. game, you know? So uh, to me, it, it's it's weird, but I get it because so many people, uh, the the thing that I'm, I'm coining as the F-Zero effect, uh, people swear that mm. they like F-Zero. Um, you know, I, I just don't think if, if you were to really think about Bully now, how would Bully 2 work today? Well, because here's my theory. Bully 2, when it's announced, it's going to be completely different from Bully 1. I think it's going to be open world or at least open area, like in terms of open like school. campus. Yeah, open campus. I think it's going to be a lot more closer to conventional open world games in that way. And it's going to abandon a lot of the things that Bully 1 did because... I, because it just for me it doesn't translate well to, to modern games. But let me let me ask you a quick question before um, I give you the the floor here. What yeah. do you think about Bully as an IP like itself? I think, and this was going to get into actually actually gets into how I feel about the the sequel. Oh, you go for it. Yeah. I think it's a it's 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 a product of its time to me. I think back then when it came out, um, it was interesting because it was taking bits and pieces of the GTA formula and putting it in a school and you're dealing with, you know, kids and, you know, how they are and clicks and, you know, stuff like that. I thought it was cool for its time. Now, the problem it's going to have in the modern era is that bullying is kind of a hot issue now, like kind of everywhere. So I hate to go there, but I, I, I can almost smell Kotaku's eagerness to, <laughs> to, to find something to tear this about because of bullying. Oh, they're making light of bullying. Oh my God, they're making the, the bullying drives X amount of percent of people to suicide every year. I, I can see people pulling statistics out and it's, it's going to turn into a, a nightmare and they're not going to be wrong. Right. Yeah. Because that stuff is true. But, I think that's going to be the fascinating part about this game to to solve because um, it is going to uh, I, unless I'm unless they're going in a completely different direction, which I don't think they will. It's going to deal with some type of school dynamic with kids being bullies to other kids. So how is that going to go over in this in this era? You know, um, I don't know. I don't I don't have a lot of confidence in it especially if it's um, if it's set in a modern time that's going to be even worse because then it's going to be very um you know people are going to kind of feel a little bit more uh passionate about it because it's it's tapping into like you know stuff that we might have seen in headlines or you know uh, social media and how yeah. that plays a part in bullying online so I think they're going to have a little bit of a challenge with yeah. this if I'm not and I also don't remember this game coming out and hitting hard because I mean, it, it's uh, it I was mean, one of their like it was one of their like cult. I want to say cult classics. Cause it was a little bit more than that at the time, but it wasn't like I mean, it's obviously become, it wasn't to the level of yeah. It's know. definitely become a cult classic in that the way that people talk about it. But I mean, we're what when they when did the original game come out? In the early two thousand, early two thousands probably, and then it's twenty twenty one, and we're 
maybe 2022 we'll probably see a sequel. There's a reason why it took so long uh, to get that shit. Um, I don't know. I yeah. just find I just find this stuff when people get stuck, and it's and it's just I guess part of the whole social media stuff. And people get stuck on these games, and and we as 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 consumers of social media kind of forget that that is such a small percentage of the world, but to them it's their whole world. And so a lot of times people talk about certain games and certain movies, certain music as if it's like this incredible thing that's being overlooked when really no i mean a lot of stuff that's overlooked it's overlooked for a reason a lot of stuff that becomes called cla- called classics are things that age well but at, at the onset are still not perfect in in in, mm-hmm. in 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 any way so we'll see i don't know yeah i mean i think you know for me um it wouldn't be this the the franchise i would i would have wanted rockstar to to wipe the dust off of for sure yeah if I had to pick one, I would obviously pick Max Payne. I would even take an L.A. Noir sequel over this. I would take a Warriors sequel over this. LA I Noir. would take probably anything in their catalog. This probably would be at the bottom of my list. I don't know about yeah. you, but if I'm thinking yeah, about everything they've absolutely. done, I don't Look. know. Yeah, this is probably the, the lowest that I would want, dude. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any others. That's what I'm, that I'm pulling I'm, them up right now. I'm missing. Um, I yeah, take a I'm, table tennis joint over this right here. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's small. That. Yeah, um, I'm trying no, to I look here. I think that's yeah. probably all of them. Well, anyway, I don't but, really uh, have a lot of here. But anyway, yeah, that's yeah. Right. I mean, I, I think it's just going to be an interesting one to see what they do and and how how Rockstar is going to handle the sensitivities around this uh, this type of thing. So. We will see, man. Um, so, um, real quick, just to kind oh, okay. of go over. Um, all right. So, Grand Theft Auto, obviously. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. Uh, Wild Metal. Um, Oni. Uh, Max Payne. Manhunt. Bully, obviously. I would take a Manhunt over this. Yeah. I'd Midnight have, Club. Think, oh, Midnight Club. Man, I totally forgot about Midnight Club. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> L.A. Noir. Uh yeah yeah I think yeah. a lot all those before I take bully yeah know. all right oh well, I mean maybe they have a vision for it that they couldn't pass up who knows so we'll we'll have to just see what yeah, happens yeah yeah all right uh, state let's of emergency remember that one? one oh man it, well I don't know if I'd want to see a new no, state I don't of think emergency. so I think, that, I think uh, that's all right, the, all right that's bully the, that's the bottom right. that's the bottom you I, got you, one you, you got over. one bully all right um, all right let's get into the second one this is kind of out of out of out of thing but did you see have you been watching the Xbox documentary? No, I, I where watch it. it's really good. Uh, where Xbox said no to Grand Theft Auto Three. Uh, <laughs> Rockstar showed them Grand Theft Auto Two. Said, "Hey, we really want to make this in 3D. I think you guys are the best place to do it. Your machine is powerful enough to do it." And they looked at it and they go, "I think it's too complicated. I don't know how this is gonna work in 3D. We pass." <laughs> and then it comes out of PlayStation. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Three could have been an Xbox exclusive game. Hilarious. Somewhere Dan Matrick is like, what's the problem? What's what's wrong? I would have said no too. <laughs> Fuck the game. Alright. Alright, let's move on. Um, so Ubisoft has revealed that Ubisoft Toronto, the same team that has made Far Cry 6, is going to be remaking the original Splinter Cell. They have uh, promised updated visuals, 
while also maintaining its core stealth DNA, but it will be slightly modernized in some ways that they haven't described just yet to fit today's uh, convention. So uh, it's still uh, in very much in the early days of, of, of development as uh, they're still hiring um, pretty rapidly. That was one of the biggest call to actions from the uh, the video. It's like, we need people. It's like, okay, this is, this is uh, early. Um, but, you know, it, despite the earliest stages of the development that it's in right now, um, where do you stand on this? Uh, as as we've talked about this game, you know, the rumors of, 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 of some kind of comeback happening a couple episodes ago, I think around October. Um, now that we've got some answers, how do you feel? Well, uh, first of all, what took them so long? Uh, being that Ubisoft mm. is money-grubbing, hungry sons of bitches, the whole industry is remaking all their classics. I mean, what what's up? It took them way too long. They're dropping the ball there. Um, and is Splinter Cell, is this remake the game that they were talking about, about a new entry into the IP, or is this just something separate? I don't think that's something that I've, I, I know has been clarified, because I know that they've talked about uh, they're working on the new uh, Splinter Cell game, and then they announced this. It seems separate. I so, don't know what they're doing. I really yeah. don't know. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. So, you know, what's the plan there? Is the remake coming out first or the new Splinter Cell? Like, how 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 much of the early days is this game? And if that means that the, the remake is coming out first, that means we're not seeing Splinter Cell in console space and video games for, like, another three years, which is crazy. That's nuts. Now, yeah. here's, here's the thing that I'm asking, because I, I don't think they were very specific as to what exactly this game is going to be in terms of a, the how much of a remake it's going to be, how much, because they're still hiring people for it. I know they promised visuals, uh, oh, but yeah. they, but, but they didn't, they, they didn't say remake from the ground up. Like these, those are specific words that they did not use, which you would think if you're remaking a game and you are remaking it from the ground up, that you would use that terminology. They were very, even in that video, they didn't really specifically say what they were doing. It was something afterwards that came out saying, Hey, updated visuals so on so forth so we'll see Mm -hmm. on that now i wonder if this is kind of them pulling the wool over our eyes and that the next brand new splinter cell game is going to be one of their service games and then we're going to get this remake to kind of uh shut us up a little bit to to appease us uh but i i i i have i am very uh and we had this conversation. Ubisoft has made good games. They when they st- when they, there's a formula that works, they stick to it. They've already did. They did say that this is not going to be an open world game. It's going to be very true to the roots of the original game, which is great. Uh, but I am still skeptical as to what the plan is for Splinter Cell because this seems so fucking weird. Like, it, it, yep. they, I don't know. I, 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 I'm I'm confused as to what the plan is, what exactly they're trying to get at here. Uh, so I'm not too sure how I should feel. I mean, I think the original Splinter Cell is great. I, I, I it's not my favorite, um, but it's still great, you know. Uh, but I, I hope that they do something here that that's worthwhile. They're not just kind of like a, a quick cash in, which I don't think it will be. But it's so far away. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You know. Here's the thing. Here is the thing about this. This was a strange announcement but also a very telling one because Ubisoft has been pretty much striking out left and right. And we'll get into one of the biggest ones when we talk about our next item. But between announcing games nobody asked for, repurposing you know, the Tom Clancy name, however they see fit in, in, in ways people weren't, weren't happy with, 
um, butchering the Ghost Recon thing, X Defiant, all kinds of stuff. They have obviously been getting punched in the mouth constantly and totally deserved. Which is why I think this announcement is a direct, hasty, let's hurry up and put something out there that will make people happy, save a, a teeny bit of face, even though we don't have anything to show them. Let's put this out there. Let's, let's try to turn the narrative around a little bit by giving them something they've been asking for forever. So I think that's the reason why this reveal was so bizarre, because this isn't how people wanted to see it happen. Um, you know, you would want to see, uh, give me a CG trailer or a logo over this. Don't do this. This is also, weird. The Game Awards just happened. Right. You had all different types of other options, different ways to do this. That would have been way mm. better, which is all the more reason why I think this was a hurry up and plug plug this, put a Band-Aid on, on our wound type of, of, of move. You look like you got a, you're ruminating there. What do you got? I think that maybe they wanted to release this in the Game Awards, but because of all the allegations and everything happening, you know, I think Jeff Kelly said oh. specifically that they were involved in terms of the... Uh, of the nominations, but they wouldn't be involved further. So now that I'm thinking about that, maybe that's what it is, even though it doesn't matter because it, the, like you said, the announcement is weird as fuck. Yeah, absolutely. I saw, I heard somebody say, get excited. You're, you're, you guys are going to be making the next Splinter Cell game. It's really what that <laughs> whole trailer was. <laughs> yeah. I, so I think that's why this was the way that it was. It was to hurry up, announce something that they know people are going to be happy with and build as they go. Um, to to give people one last thing at the end of the year to be happy about after a total mess of a 2021 that they've had, with the exception of probably Far Cry 6. Um, so as far as what I think about the game itself, it's hard to say. Uh, a lot of the questions that you had are valid. I think that their biggest their biggest mistake they can possibly make right now is is butchering the remake. So. I think they're going to have to stay pretty true in, in every sense of the word to what this the what the original game was. I actually played the original game, uh, ironically, a couple months ago uh, in full. And um, I think that they're going to have to do some things with the gameplay and the, and the movement and the controls to make it feel more modern, for sure. Um, but I think a lot of what was there in terms of level design... Um, can still hold up relatively nicely. I just think that it's going to be interesting to see what they do to kind of, um, you know, bring bring some other things up to speed with the presentation, uh, maybe add a little bit more story there, um, you know, stuff they can put around the core game that they're bringing from the original uh, to give it more, um, more, uh, I, I, well, I should just say better narrative because at the, at the time, the original Splinter Cell's narrative was, was it was garbage. It was like yeah. trying to rip off of like CNN terrorist over here. Like in between missions, it'd be like a fake CNN like yeah. segment. And, and that was all you really got. Um, whereas I think they might want to give a little bit more, or I hope they'll give a little bit more attention to Sam Fisher as a character because he is such a, a pivotal piece of that. He is the DNA of yeah. that. Um, the story got better the way as that the snake game is. went on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so one is uh, the worst. I think one is the worst of the of. I think one is the worst of the, of the of the first three, which was uh, uh, Chaos Theory, Pandora Tomorrow, and, and mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's the worst this one. one yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I think I, I kind of agree. I think you know it was it was still trying to figure itself out in some ways, and that yeah. you know, the sequels definitely did stuff better. Um, but the stuff that it did well, it did really really well, um, and and the original does hold up 
fairly decently today, actually. If you if you go play it on Xbox, it's not that bad at all. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm super, super excited about this, even though, again, it's coming from Ubisoft and we don't know how how well they're going to treat this, but we'll, we'll see. It's, it's a step. I it behooves them to, 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 to kill this shit. Cause if they fucking, if they fuck this up, they're going to oh, kill it's... their chances for a new Splinter Cell game. And they're kind of completely lose the contingent of people who have any kind of, you know, any kind of like fandom to Ubisoft because of they, because yep. they own this IP. So totally agree. They cannot fuck this shit up. <sighs> but they've been trying, man. They've been trying, and that well, that, that kind of segues uh, that segues into our third and final hit point topic. Now, me and Pablo have tried our best to repress, avoid, stuff away, compartmentalize whatever words you want to throw in there, the topic of NFTs. But we can't anymore. It, it's it, you know between. Ubisoft's Quartz thing, which they later pulled down that video. Uh, Legacy, the, the the new thing with Peter Molyneux that apparently already has millions of dollars poured into it from people who are buying land in there. Um, and and even Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, for uh, all the way up until you know recently was was gonna have NFT uh, types of things in, in that game as well before the backlash caused them to pull it uh, from the game. Between these things and, and, and kind of what the, just that, 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 that sick feeling I have of like, oh no, not this, not this too. Um, it's clear that the age of NFTs and metaverses is, is kind of coming in hot into the gaming yeah. space. So where do we stand on this trend, Pablo? Where do we see this going and how might this uh, help or hurt uh, the gaming industry uh, in your opinion? What are your thoughts? I mean, I, 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 I think it's going bad and it's going to hurt the industry because, you know, the, these ventures as of right now are very lucrative. And so th- if you're going to make something and, and you can and you're leaving so much money on the on the table because you're not implementing your fucking version of NFTs into something, then at that point, it's looked upon as a bad business move. And I understand that from a certain point of view. But my issue is, is I don't trust Anybody, it, it, Ubisoft, fucking the liar pure upon you. A, a, anybody who wants to imagine take, a world <laughs> that you could buy. What? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, it, it's one of those things where it, 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 I think you had a point where you said it's like my, microtransactions. Yes, it's probably just going to be optional, but I find it really hard to believe that they're not going to build their games around these things because of how lucrative it is. And it's, I just don't trust these people to, to, to make something where it's really not going to affect anything. Of course it is. I mean, look, you can't, you can play, um, uh, you can play any game you want that has skins or something, right? Uh, that's totally optional, but a lot of the game, a lot of what you do, the XP, a lot of the stuff goes towards that unlocking skins and all that stuff so it's part of the core experience so when you add the fact that you can buy more you know if you like the game you end up doing that so with nft specifically it's just like they're of course they're going to build games that surround themselves with this fucking money like this it's just money that's sitting there this guy just peter Mullen just announced the thing and he's had millions of dollars already based on buying digital land it's ridiculous you know like i, I i'm not 
I'm not an expert on NFTs. I don't I don't exactly understand them too well. So I can't, I'm not mad about the implementation of NFTs into games because they are NFTs. I don't get it. I don't, I don't. My issue is I do not trust these companies to make games without having NFTs being a core part of the experience, which I don't want because to me, NFTs, microtransactions, one and the same. Whatever the case is, it's the same kind of fucking thing where I have to spend something additional now to get the 100% experience of this game. What's the point of that, you know? And if it's a if it's a new IP I never heard of, fine. But if now you're going to implement that into, let's say, the, the, the Splinter Cell game that's coming out, right? Ubisoft Quartz is now, there's going to be a portion of that game where you can only do this if you have this specific kind of ownership of, of a thing you know like when yeah. you look back at even something less in terms of like not necessarily that you're putting money into game but having to buy a piece of something for example uh the remake of skyward sword you couldn't fast travel unless you had an amiibo like these little things like that 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 are probably <laughs> part of the game within the nfts was like oh you can't do this or you can't unlock this character or a a there's a specific character you can't see in the game, an NPC, because you have to buy a model that is now you're the owner of and is only exclusive to your game. Blah, bullshit like that. I don't care about that shit. Like, I don't I don't care about seeing... Like, Stalker 2, you're going to see your face in the game. Like, you were going to own this model of a game, uh. of a character, and they were going to scan your face into it, and you are going to be a part of the game. Who gives a fuck? I don't, I'm not going to spend $600 to see my fucking mug in Stalker 2. That's ridiculous. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Oh man! Look, I I I think you know, and I, and I tweeted this. Um, I think that just there is a real problem with the way that regular microtransactions have been handled in the industry. We haven't even gotten that right, and already the industry has moved on or or, or is evolving in the worst ways. Uh, towards nfts because it's 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 a better money opportunity for them and the the problem or one of many problems with this is that it's so unabashedly company focused it's it's it is really only made to benefit these companies there's really nothing that they're providing or offering that is unique enough to be fulfilling or gratifying for players um and I think the other problem is, especially you know when when uh, Stalker Two uh, their their Twitter account for a time was trying to like justify that oh you know this is not going to in any way shape or form affect you know our focus on making the best game possible and you know that kind of rhetoric uh, in so many words no influence on gameplay um, you know it's never it's never going to be intrusive we've heard all that about microtransactions and just because they're not mandatory doesn't mean that they're good or the best or the best thing about the game because really what it is it's it, this is about this is about prioritization when it comes to these studios, what are you what are you the most concerned about when you're making these games? Are you really worried about making a good game, or are you really worried about making a ridiculous amount of money doing something trendy and new? Right, the latter. Um, and it's usually the latter, especially in the case of Stalker. And I, you know, I I, I responded to their tweet uh, justifying the game, and I was like, you know, this game when you look up the history of Stalker Two, it's been a mess since like 2010. It, like yeah. the whole game got canceled. They had to redo it all over again. It wasn't even like it was in a limbo for years. And so you have 
a lot working against you. You got to prove that that there is a, such a thing as a good stalker game that it's going to be relevant in 2021, right? Because of how long it's been. And so your answer to that is NFTs. That's what you're going to focus on right now? Nah. Nah, man, you can't do that. So it's just, it's bizarre that this is where the priorities have, have shifted for these developers, even when they clearly have a lot to prove. And you question as to the, what bubble are they in? That, that they, they thought that announcing this with such bravado and, and fucking like, uh, yeah, we're doing this for you guys. Like, what bubble are they in that they thought this was a good idea? And it's like, yeah. it's concerning because I, 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 if this is successful, which the stuff with Peter Monolue already showing that it might be, doesn't matter what we think as a consumer. It's successful. It's working because these things are fucking expensive too. It isn't like a you, you buy a dollar worth of a non-fungible token. It's like thousands of dollars. Like it's it's ridiculous. It's 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 dumb. I don't. It's I don't, non. I don't, it's non-fungible booty juice of the week, baby. That's <laughs> what it is. So um, bad. And you can buy that, that sound bit, and for own it for yourself for $7.2 million. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, you know what? I, I'm not totally hopeless about it, though. I will say that the backlash is already backlashing, right? And we're starting to see a little bit. Obviously, SoccerTube you know, went back on this. Ubisoft pulled their courts video down. I think that there is a collective. Oh, let's let's tread carefully here because we're kind of coming in strong with this stuff, and people are not really happy with this right now. So, if I had to predict how it's gonna how it's all gonna play out, I think that NFTs are going to stay, but I think that it's not gonna be the insane. You can buy this skin for. Four hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars on an auction. It, I don't think it's going to get that far. There was even a report. I think I don't remember what game it was. Uh, it might have been Ghost Recon or something like that, where yeah. the auctions opened up and the highest bid was twenty-one dollars. So it's like, I don't think it's going to get crazy, right? But I still think NFTs are going to exist. I don't know about metaverses though. I think that could be a total flop. Um, because well, I think to me, it just doesn't, what is buying virtual land? Like that really hasn't even been explained. Like, what are you going to well, do somewhere else? I think like, conceptually, I think conceptually for me, metaverses are actually, um, are actually a lot more, I, I think it's a, a, a better, a better working process than NFTs in that, uh, you can build your own metaverse within this world. The issue is, is the metaverse idea is that it's supposed to connect through everything, mm-hmm. which is not possible. There's no way that whatever you buy is going to be able to, you know, show up in Call of Duty and also show up in uh, Ghost Recon. Like th- that, that idea of 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 that, that's not going to happen. So it, I think to a smaller scale, it'll work. Um, but ultimately. I, I think that a lot of this stuff is um, is still like blockchain and, and, and NFTs and, and all that shit, the meta. A lot of that stuff is still in a very conceptual state. The problem is compared to when you compare that to other shit in the past, we didn't have uh, a, 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 a media like now, right? We didn't have a social media like we have right now. So every idea that we have that's new 
is automatically pushed into the into social media and it's shown and it's like oh it's happening right now when it's not look at vr you know look at ar all that technology that's supposedly mm-hmm. going to change video games has not changed video games it's been a Correct. annex Correct. to video games it's not really so i think we'll see a lot of that where it's going to be a, a something that somebody does that it's off, so off to the side nobody's really going to think about it you know but yeah it's still bullshit but- but we don't like it. So there, there's there's the answer to uh, how does the Cool like- Time podcast feel about NFTs. Um, eh-eh. All right. Eh. So now with that out of the way, let's let's uh, let's let's talk about happier things, which uh, is going to lead us into our checkpoint chat. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right. Now, as promised, um, we are going to wrap up our uh, end of year coverage uh, as far as the console side of things with our Xbox 2021 year in review. If you recall, we already did this for the uh, PlayStation 5 and Nintendo Switch. So if you missed those episodes, go ahead and go back, uh, take a listen so you can get a feel for where we were at with those two consoles. But it's time to talk Xbox. And um much like our uh, our other segments when we did these, uh, we're going to talk about the highs, we're going to talk about the lows, and then we are going to give our big grades uh, for Xbox's year uh, and a little bit about why. So, um, let's start with the highs, and uh, I think we gotta we gotta go ahead and kick things off with uh, the obvious, but you know the the or one of the obvious ones rather, uh, and that's the first party bangers: um, Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon Five. Psychonauts 2, I mean, yo, that's that's fire, man. That's yeah. fire for one year to have three games, especially when you think about their Metacritics being so so positive, um, the critical reception being good, the fan reception being good, uh, with, with a couple of quirks, especially like on the Halo Infinite like multiplayer side, obviously, uh, with the progression system. But other than that, these games are bangers, man. Um, how do you feel about this, and, and how how impactful uh, was that, and pivotal was that for uh, Xbox's year? Yeah, it's it's massive. You know, one of the main criticisms that Xbox have gotten for the past couple of years is that Xbox has no games. You know, ain't got no games. Ain't got no games. You know, and so with with this year them, you know, being the full year of having the Xbox Series X and S out. You know, they really showed out. I mean, Halo Infinite being a happy accident in that it was supposed to come out last year, coming out this year. But when you look at yeah. you look at what they've released, Force Horizon Five currently is the highest rated game on Open Critic at ninety two. It won uh, the best racing game and sound mixing at Game Awards, and it's IGN's game of the year. I mean, you know, say what you come will on, man. about IGN, yeah. but that's the biggest video game website in the world right now, and and they're telling you it's the game of the year. And then you got Halo Infinite against all odds, a, a disastrous reveal, a year uh, delay, and infinite release. And for all intents and purposes, it's pretty fucking incredible. You know, I mean, uh, it's like at 87 in Metacritic. Uh, it's it not yep. not eligible for Game Awards, but it did win that fan vote. Uh, it's showing up everywhere on everybody's top 10 list. I think uh, Game Informer's Game of the Year is Halo. Like, there's a lot of stuff out here. And then when you got Psychonauts 2 which is a game that's been nominated in all major categories in the Game Awards. Uh, again, a game that has development hell. You know, they cut out all the bosses at one point because of, of economical things. Xbox picks them up, and they really release one fuck of a game. Like, the game is incredible. I, I, I love that game so very much, and it's, you know, it's it's a huge surprise for, as well. And then, obviously, they also have um, the Flight Simulator game, which... Came out on PC last year, but made its debut this year. Uh, oh, I on, totally forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, that's uh, true. Made yeah. its debut this year on 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 the consoles, which again, I mean, 
it's not for us. We're not simulator fans, but this is a huge this is a huge game for a lot of people, and it's running really good on on on, X, on, on console, which is nobody thought that was going to happen. So yeah, yeah man. I mean, nothing, there's nothing else like that anywhere. Yeah, really. no, not not yeah. really. And you know, when, these are their big games, and and when you look, and I hate to do it, but when you look at other companies, Sony and Nintendo, a, a lot of their big releases, there's a lot of up and downs in terms of the quality, in terms of the, their big ones, right? The games that they're really uh, really putting out there, putting some some uh, marketing money behind it. Like you know, f- we knew Forza was coming, new Halo was coming, and these games come out, and not only are they good, they're fucking great. You know, so that's mm-hmm. th- that's huge for Xbox this year. I mean, that's what they needed. It's their first step forward. They got a lot of games coming in the, in the next uh, few years, so it, it's 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 great. You know, yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, to be you know basically four for four with Halo, Forza, Psychonauts, and uh, Flight Sim, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, and that says a lot about, you know, just how much they have really recommitted to making the best games possible. Yeah. Um, because we didn't always have that luxury with Xbox. Let's no. be real. X- Xbox One's time was very, very rickety. Yeah. So the fact that they can start to right the ship um, and do so in such a big way this year... Um, and as you said, defy the whole Xbox ain't got no games argument. Boy, that 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 yeah. Sony fan base on Twitter been quiet. Really, really the crickets, yeah. crickets McGee out there. So that's that's a good sign that yes, Xbox is here to compete. And I think that also segues into the second thing that we have on our list of highs, um, which is their strong pipeline of what's to come. I mean, we got some pretty cool announcements, saw some pretty interesting stuff this year. Um, you know, I, I'd say the key ones have been um, Starfield, Redfall, uh, of course, Hellblade 2, after what we saw at the Game Awards. That's that's turned a lot of heads. So how do you feel about their pipeline um, now that the acquisitions that they're making are starting to get to work, right? And we're starting to feel that calendar fill up more with what's to come. How how's that striking you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's great. I mean, especially next year when you're basically talking about one of the most anticipated games of the year outside of maybe uh, Breath of the Wild 2 being not only on Xbox, but also being exclusive to Xbox, which is massive when you when you think about it. I mean, we're talking yeah. about we're talking about the uh, each of these companies and what they are kind of, you know, I, I think, I think that games that are exclusives kind of suck. You know, I wish everybody had the uh, ability or to play all games on any console. Sure. But let's get that shit out the way and just talk about specifically what they have and what they own. And Starfield is, that's one mm. hell of a game to, to really, uh, to really have in your back pocket, ready to go by the end of the year next year. And then you yeah. have, and then you have Redfall, which we don't know anything about, but the company behind it is a, a well-liked company, a company that right now, if I'm not mistaken, it's Arcane that's winning awards for Deathloop, however we may feel about that game. It is a res- well-respected development uh, team, and so they have an exclusive game coming out for Xbox. And Hellblade 2 looked incredible. Uh, and, and, and you know, I don't know what else it's ready for next year, uh, but they have... The studios, they have the IPs, they have the money, they have the backing, and they're willing and they're in it to win it, which we, they've shown this year, which is really exciting. You know, they could Xbox could have easily gone the way of Dreamcast after the disastrous Xbox One launch and all that stuff. And <laughs> yeah. not only have no lie, no lie, yeah, you're right. Not only have they managed to crawl out of that fucking massive grave 
and 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 make some noise to the end of the cycle. But the new the new kind of Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, uh, all, all this generation of gaming, they they they're coming they're coming out firing. You know, they're really mm-hmm. in it to win it, and and they're they're not slowing down. They fucking spend seven point five billion dollars on one video game development uh, group. Yeah, large group, but they're they're here to, they're here to stay and. You know, regardless of how we may feel about uh, certain games or what we don't know about certain games, we know that they're putting quality, they're putting money behind it, and it's exciting. Uh, it's an exciting time to be an Xbox fan and own an Xbox Series X. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that um, you know that having a more diverse portfolio too is 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 going to be paramount because uh, it, there's a certain podcast I listen to, and they say this in a in a loving way, but um, they call the Halo, Forza, and Gears trio, the burger, fries, and shake. Yeah. Um, that you can always count on the burger, fries, and shake. It's 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 not going to be, you know, the fanciest cuisine like like a, like a God of War might be, but yeah. you can always count on it tasting good and, and, and keeping you full. And I like the fact that now we're expanding the menu, you know, uh, and, and putting out stuff that doesn't have to be, you know, that doesn't have to be Halo tier stuff per se but i love the fact that a psychonauts 2 can thrive and i love the fact that a hellblade 2 has a has a platform to be great as well uh and that new ip like starfield and redfall can come in and try their hand and hopefully become successful and be a whole new thing in and of themselves so i'm really really excited i'm really excited um and 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 also not to mention that they have avowed coming uh, they have Everwild. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have Fable. Yeah. These are just a few examples. Yeah. yeah, they have a lot of stuff coming. Crossfire yeah, Fable, X next I'm year. I'm really excited about that. You know? Yeah, yeah. So lots to look forward to. Um, now, here's the part where everybody said, man, they're probably just going to talk about Game Pass. They're just going <laughs> to... They're just going to talk about how great Game Pass is. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. Uh, and it is a high, dude. It, the The... the Ongoing success and value of Game Pass cannot be denied. It has, this is the year, I think, I don't want to say this is the first year where it felt like truly valuable, but when you think about the fact that this is when we got Halo, this is when we got Forza, this is when we got games like Psychonauts, right? Um, And like Gears 5 is is another example probably too, but this is when the value really started to be obvious. Like, okay, now here come the first party games. <laughs> I don't know you do that. I don't know. Um, yeah, but you know, it, it's just now you're starting to feel that. Yep, here it comes now. Because it was cool when it was like when they got a third party game exclusive, like a Back for Blood. You yeah. know what I mean? Stuff like that was dope. Getting Outriders, okay, cool. But when now you're getting Halo, now you're getting Forza plus that stuff. It's like, ah, oh, man, this is undeniably good. Yeah. So. What are your thoughts on how how Game Pass has continued to uh, you know not only be successful but you know just make the strongest case possible for itself as being so great? At top of the segment, so top of the segment, we talked about Forza Horizon Five, Halo Infinite, Psychonauts Two, Microsoft uh, Flight Simulator. I think the Artful Escape is another game that I have on the list. Game that got nominated for Best Art Style. Like all oh. these games that we talked about, I didn't spend a single fucking penny on them because they're all on Game Pass. I mean. Scarlet Nexus, Scarlet Nexus, stuff like that too. Yeah, and and, mm-hmm. it, and it's another thing that they're doing is that they're not only releasing games, which is something that people thought was going to happen, where, yeah, they'll release games for free years later. No, they're releasing games that came out this year, maybe not day and date, but 
eventually. It takes two is finally on there. Like you said, Scarlet Nexus got on there. Like they're taking they're taking Game Pass and they're making it undeniable. Like you can't like if you've never played it takes two, if you've never played uh Scarlet Nexus for for whatever reason, the games that didn't attract you but you always wanted to try, you have Game Pass now. Not only are you gonna be playing Halo Infinite, yeah. but you're gonna be playing the game of the year from the Game Awards and it takes two. Like there's just it's 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 crazy that it exists, but it's also baffling that it's the only video game company that has it. You know, um, yeah. You know, you know what else it is too. It it's good to save you. It, it's good to help you dodge bullets too. Oh yeah, like to play a game that like the gunk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yo, I would have been tight. Yeah, if I bought that and I'm like this, this is this is what you did. This is your game. But with Game Pass, I get to I get to sample. Yeah. I get to see what Sable is all about. Yeah. I get to see what Chris Tales is like or whatever Chris however you say. Without committing anything. Right. And then you have the and I don't think we actually have it here, but when you have like the cloud aspect where you can you don't have you don't have to download these yeah. games to try them out either. So now you're instantly getting in there and seeing what they're like. That I mean, it's like, come on, dude. Yeah. You can't you can't deny this. Yeah, I, I think you can't deny it. I, I think there's a there's and we'll, I think we'll get to it on the lows. I think that there's a um, there's a weird thing where it could possibly get crowded with a lot of nothing, um, and the oh sure. So I I, yeah. I you know and especially with games that outside of the big games. You know there might be some games that they've really pushed that are not great, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, we'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, next thing. Um, this is a big one to me, uh, adding new console features. Um, you know, you think about them adding in Dolby Vision, um, you know, updating the dashboard to 4K, definitely accessibility options for people that need them. That th- Those things go such a long way. Uh, even stuff as simple as like dimming the light on your controller. Yeah. With the you know or uh, or the one on the console, little things like that to me, I love to see that because it tells me that they're not just here to put out something and go. That's it. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and it, and unlike Sony, I have to say this, which we talked about it in that episode where you know it's missing you know variable refresh rate. It's it, it's missing stuff yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. These are just nice additions. You know, that no one was like saying you have to have Dolby Vision gaming for this console to be viable. They just wanted to do that and they felt it to be important to, you know, to 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 provide that as a premium, you know, to their not 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 to cost anything extra, but to provide a provide a premium um, thing to increase and enhance the presentation and experience of playing games on Xbox. So um, what are your thoughts on this and and how has this helped? you kind of keep confident that yeah. that Xbox is still striving uh, and not 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 being complacent. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, these little things are really easy to get lost in the shuffle because I think ultimately, any but anytime you buy a video game console, you care about the software, the games. But these things matter. I mean, you know, all all these little extras do matter because, in many ways, they help the game. They 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 fortify uh, visually the game, or you know, for example, with Dolby, Dolby Vision, that that kind of stuff helps the game. It helps makes this already good console into a great console because it's all about the little parts and how that works towards the the console itself and its software. So, I mean, this might not seem like a huge thing, but it's definitely a thing that should be on here because of the simple fact that not only is Xbox trying to really 
push their system. Not only do they believe it in themselves, but they're also showing you that they care about the little things, the little details that they're specifically uh, honed mm-hmm. in on. And they have a whole team that's dedicated to these things. Like, it's not just, here's the box, shut the fuck up, throw in Halo. Have a nice day. Exactly. It's a lot exactly. of stuff on there. And, you know, these highs will always be contrasted by the lows of the other companies. It's it's that simple, you know? This might mm-hmm. not be a thing that we talk about if everybody did it, you know? But it's not industry standard. And usually, just like when you buy a car, it's a standard, that's it, it's all you're getting, right? You have to pay extra for everything else. Now with Xbox. Xbox is giving you the, the most expensive version of that car, quote-unquote, and it's all there for you to, to play just on one purchase alone. So it's great. They're really doing their thing here. I feel you. Um, next thing, and this is more of a recent one, but um, a pleasant surprise, the holiday dominance of the Series S. Now that one, to me, you know, I I remember when we talked about the Series S when it was first announced, you and me, I was a little worried that it wasn't going to, it wasn't built to last mm-hmm. because it does have limitations and it might be good for this early crop of games, but that maybe once games down the line start really pushing the hardware, um, that it might struggle. And it still might. Who knows? But the fact that it is such an attractive option for people right now, um, whether, you know, in full disclosure, maybe it's because people can't get their hands on a Series X and they want something to be able to play Halo for now. That's totally understandable. But still in all, it's, it's such a great console at such a great price and i think that it's been a winner this holiday season because it's hard to beat you've got games that are coming out right now that people are dying to play that people are talking about right you have a a, a very attractive price point that a lot of families are are more likely to afford than trying to hunt down a playstation or, or a series x right and you get access to all of game pass so your library is immediately through the roof, right? It, it's just, it's such a sensible option that I'll be honest, up until this holiday sales spurt, I really didn't like the Series S. I just didn't want to like say it too much, but I just thought it was kind of dumb. But now I'm starting to understand that it really does have value. People really do like having this option, whether it's a fallback or all they need because some people don't have some people don't have 4k tvs right. and they don't need they, they have and, a 1080p little thing or a monitor yeah. and all they need is something simple this is perfect and, and also it goes to the infrastructure of the console itself how how pc centric it is where it can scale for the xbox series x and the xbox series s that's why i don't think the s is right. ever going to go anywhere or anywhere anytime soon because this this it can scale from from that to to, to what the series s is able to put out and a lot of families, like you said, are going to be buying. I don't. I. I. I can't remember. I, I know that I never was as a kid growing up getting consoles. Was worrying about resolution in the way where I need to get the, the right TV for this. Like it, it was. It's not a thing. Yeah. Not. Not really. Even my nephews who are. Uh, Comparatively speaking, age-wise, where I was with them, they know way more stuff about technology, and they their TVs probably aren't like 4K. You know, you know, you can play HDMI 2.1. Like, they don't have that, but you know, they'll be able to play the newest and the greatest games. My brother, for example, he can't find the Series X. He's he's gonna he's said now he's looking for the S or whichever comes up first. So he's kind you know at that point where he's kind of a casual gamer anyway to begin with, he's okay with that because. You know, there's going to be some slight uh, things that you won't be able to, to play, but 
as opposed to playing Halo Infinite on Xbox One, which I, I did, and it's not Ooh. great. You know, so it's one of those things where that option is great. The fact that it's selling is great, but you know, it's it's not just it's not just a discless console. It is definitely a console. It's, uh, it's economical. It's cheaper, and it also doesn't run as hard as a Series X, but it's still a viable option in in video games right now. It's it's great. It's a, it's a great strategy, and then um you know people are loving it. The people are buying it. Oh, I know Microsoft's loving it too. No, They're no. loving that money because man, I think they were the production. They were number two Series X's. Yeah, and calling hardware sales behind Nintendo. That's. Has nothing to sneeze at or wheeze at. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So, um, moving on, we got to talk about backwards compatibility support, man. Um, you know, it sounds like for all intents and purposes, they're pretty much kind of done with it right now, which I think is fine. They have done a lot more here than I thought they ever would. Um, it's so wild to me that out of Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo, and I'm going to go there, I don't care, I'm comparing the three. It seems like Xbox cares more about their ecosystem and catalog preservation than Sony and, and Nintendo do. Um, and, and they have really done a lot to not only make these games available, but to make them better with HD, auto HDR, uh, FPS boost, um, e- even just basically dating all the way back to the One X. I mean, they were doing this stuff back then. So they have shown a constant commitment to really work the hardest that they can to bring games that you have missed that you might want to go back and relive and to bring them as, as up to speed as possible. And I just love that. I love being able to go in and look at old OG Xbox games that I can go download. Like I was talking about earlier with Splinter Cell. Yeah. The fact that I can do that is awesome, you know, and that it looks good. It's actually, you know, up to speed a little bit, um, you know, and, and granted backwards compatibility is not everyone's thing. It's not a big priority for everybody, but it's nice to know that it's, it's there. It's nice to know that they care as much as they do about it. Yeah. So um, how are you feeling about the backwards compatibility support? Yeah. I mean, how's it struck you? I think it's, I, I again, we talked about little things, little things that they add there that might not be the, the, the main attraction, but they're definitely there for for people who, who want to enjoy it and i'm one of those people yeah. i mean you know max Payne 3 just became available to play a backwards compatibility and we did that you know it, it the, the fact that i had to bust out my xbox 360 or old consoles or lament the fact that i don't have the option to play one of my favorite games it, it that doesn't exist like when you're playing an xbox game and you think about oh I remember this game and you go in the store and it's available, mm-hmm. uh, you know, backwards compatibility and you can just buy it for a couple of bucks and just play it right in, in less than from five minutes from me having the thought to now actually playing that game. That's incredible. Like that's the, that's the future of video games right there. Yes. It's the future of the video game via the past, right? Because not only do you have games available that are brand new to you, but you have any game from the Xbox time that you mm-hmm. can actually play almost any game. And, and it's, it's a shame because when you look at history, Nintendo and Sony have rich history. They have actual history. They have history that is way older than Xbox. And the fact that you can't do that with a Sony uh, console, the, the fact that you can't do that with a Nintendo console, unless you're paying up the ass a couple of uh, 50 bucks a year to, to, to play a terrible yeah. version of the game that you love. Like it, it's just one of those things where at, and, and on top of that, let's not forget there's not, there's, there's not just, it's not just the fact that you can play backwards game, games compatibly, but it's the fact that you can actually play them and they run better. They look better in, in, mm-hmm. in many cases. Mm-hmm. It's, come on, it gets to a certain point where people got to stop the bullshit and understand that Xbox <laughs> is operating on these things on a different level. Yes, 
It's all about software. And that's why Sony is always probably going to be on top to a certain extent because they have great games. That's undeniable. But as a whole experience, come on, man. Xbox is fucking killing the game. What good is having an amazing history and catalog of games if the availability is a challenge? Yeah. It's 2021, yo. It's 2021. How about we make it easy to play some of these games and yeah. go back and play them and and get a good version of them? You know, um, it's just or even just playable. It just <laughs> seems like, it just seems like yeah. it's such a no brainer. Think about movies. Yeah. Oh, I remember this old movie. I was just thinking about today, Uncle Buck. You know, remember that movie with John Candy? I think you're the only person that thought about that movie this year. What I'm saying is I thought about that movie. At all. I thought about because I saw something about John Candy and I was like, oh yeah, oh, Uncle Buck. And it, I could watch that movie right now if I wanted to. It's it's that simple. So why isn't it that simple for video games? You know, it it's just there. It, it's money. They, they like money. Have people buy your own shit. Just <laughs> Yo, your brain is... <laughs> I don't know how you... I don't know how you navigated to John Candy. Anyway, next thing <laughs> on our our our, uh, our Buck list is here highs, John Hughes. We're not talking about Buck, all right. So we're talking about smart delivery yeah, and how that has been Uncle reliable Buck into my damn TV. If you don't shut the Buck up <laughs> right now, <laughs> all right. So let's talk about smart delivery, yeah. uh, delivery, uh, or delivery. Um. I think that you realize how special this was and how smart this smart delivery was when you look at how, again, we're just going to have to go there. When you look at how Sony handled it, and we talked about that in, in the PS5 year in review with the Horizon Forbidden West debacle and the whole, like, you need an FAQ just to explain how the upgrade system works. And um, sometimes they were free upgrades. Sometimes they were paid upgrades. Sometimes you didn't know you were downloading the PS4 version by accident and not the PS5 or version. Or both at the same time. Yeah, whack. So I think the simplicity of smart delivery um, in in this in this transitional year uh, between generations has been super super clutch in my opinion. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, uh, I mean, about it's, this? It's, it's great. I mean, again, <clears throat> these things seem these teams look higher in terms of like wow the standout because of how terrible other companies do it. You know, the, mm-hmm. the simple fact that you don't have to think about it twice. The fact that you don't have to set up a program where you pay ten dollars for something like it's there's none of that. You know, especially the first party games with the Xbox, it's simple. It's what console you got. All right, here you go. Have a nice day. There's no, there's no hoops I have to jump through. There's none of that. And again, this would just be a standard issue. We wouldn't talk about it as a great thing, but because every nobody else fucking does it, then what the hell? I mean, they're offering that up and it's free. You know, it's 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 great. And that's yeah. You know, it's it's you don't have to pay anything. It's fantastic. It's it's a it's it's a thing that when it first got announced, I thought. I don't think it was that big a deal because I'm thinking everybody's going to do this. I'm thinking, of course, Sony's going to do this. Like, what, why wouldn't they have an easy way of upgrading your your console uh, game version or save? Mm-hmm. You know, it's all one thing. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's more. It's hard for me to believe if you were to tell me before anything this happened that Sony's doing what they're doing than what Xbox is doing because it's of course. Why would Sony <laughs> do that? This is very clear yeah. cut and simple. But guess it's not. Yeah, it's a matter of convenience, and, and and Xbox has really done their due diligence to think about how to make these these um, these challenges as easy and seamless 
and simple as possible. And this is just one of many examples of that. And uh, I'm happy for it. It's made it's made it a lot more. It's made me want to. It's made me want to get games on Xbox instead of of other consoles. I'll just say that. Hell um, yeah. Plain and simple. Um, now all of this wouldn't be possible without the last high on our list, and that is Phil Cornelius Spencer the Third. I don't know if it's his name, but we're just going to go with that. We wouldn't really have a lot of this if it wasn't for an old boy. Um, we wouldn't have a lot of the turnaround from the dire straits that Xbox was in in the Matrix era. Um, he, I don't want to say single-handedly because I'm sure he has a great team around him, but he has really spearheaded so many instrumental and positive changes uh, that has really, really helped the Xbox brand get back on its feet and find its footing um, in a very, very Sony and Nintendo-dominated landscape. And I think that um, you just see him going after it, man. He's talking with Kojima one minute. He's locking in Game Pass exclusives the next. He's building Game Pass up, and he's proving that it's viable and profitable and successful. He's got a pipeline. He's got all that stuff, man. He's been killing it, and um, I am just really glad that that they finally put somebody who really, really cares about making the best experience possible uh, in charge of the Xbox brand. Um, how are you feeling about him? Yeah, um, when you think about Phil Spencer, you look at his history with, X, uh, with uh, Microsoft. He's been there since like the 80s, and he's always been attached to a form of video games, right? So this guy mm-hmm. knows games. Uh and not only does he know games, but he's also a astute and smart businessman because of where where Xbox was, where Don Mattingly was in the Xbox era, to where no, Phil Spencer Don Matrick. Uh, Don Matrick. Don Matrick. Don Matrick no. <laughs> into where Phil Spencer is today. I'll say this: enjoy him while you can, because there is no fucking way Microsoft's going to keep this man uh, as Xbox, uh, the head of Xbox, for much longer. They've all, from what I read, something I'm trying to look it up here, where they're already having Phil fight to success uh, to succeed him. So mm. there's no way he, yeah. Phil Spencer is going to be there. Or I don't think he's going to be there for the next. This might be next year. Might be his last year. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm talking here because I don't know. Get, but Microsoft we'll is not going to let this guy who just took a literally dying on the vine against one of the biggest two companies in the world in video games. You know, basically taking him to square one, and then now making him an actual competitor in the the, the idea they had with the original Xbox. Phil Spencer actually is doing it with the Xbox Series X. Like years later, yeah. he's the one. He's the guy that's getting him there. So I, you know, it, it, hopefully his team is in place. And if he does leave, you know, it doesn't really affect anything because all the all the mm-hmm. motion, all the balls rolling here and there. But we'll see, man. This, there's Phil Spencer's. Everybody wishes they had a Phil Spencer. You know, Sony. I'm sure right now, Nintendo. Actually, Nintendo don't give a fuck about that shit. But. Uh, I wonder how many groupies he has, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, how many people's waiting outside of his office? Like, Phil. I'm sure. Can you sign? Dude, you sign I am my sure shirt? this man has underneath to, it. I'm sure this man is evading like job offers left and right. Like, oh I am man, sure. he's been ducking them things. But yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm also glad that we got through another Xbox segment with you randomly naming a baseball player. No, no. <laughs> Not randomly. I always Don do that. Madding. I always do that with Don Matrick. I always go with Don Mattingly. I always do. I mean. Uh, I think I might do that. I might do that myself. Because unlike uh, Ken Griffey Jr., I mean Jim Ryan uh, from Sony. <laughs> That's not even uh, close. Fuck out of here. All right. Let's get to the lows. Like that joke. 
Um, so not too many. I'm just going to be honest. It was hard. Yeah. It was hard to find yeah. a lot to really pick at here. And I know it sounds like if you listen to our show for long enough, you guys know we love us some Xbox, but I think it's been earned, man. Um, but they've made a couple of small but you know uh, noticeable fumbles that we'll talk about or just questions that we have. Um, I think the one that stood out was from the beginning of the year uh, when they had uh, doubled the price of Xbox Live Gold. Um and uh, I think there was also an issue about, you know, like you can't play free to play games without having uh, a subscription either. So that was still a, a pretty weird point of contention. Yeah. Um, now, they ended up reversing that pretty fast. But I think that the issue with that move was that it was an unforced error. Um, it was one of those moves that companies make to see if they can kind of get away with it. Um and they learned very quickly that they couldn't. And it was just one of those things where, for me personally, I was like, okay, we should be past this now. Yeah. Like, you know, we got over the Xbox One era, the, you know, the, the Frank Times, uh, Don Mattingly, uh, Don Matrick era. Uh, and um, we've moved on past that. Let's, let's, <laughs> he finally caught on. You ain't moved past um, it yet. <laughs> well, you know, but I mean, We've moved past it enough now so that we shouldn't be making bonehead moves like this anymore. So it was just it was just disappointing at the time because it's like, man, we Phil knows better than this, man. Yeah. You know, Phil Phil ain't perfect, and this was one of those things that I think shouldn't have happened. But I'm glad they turned it around and 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 uh, and went back on it uh, quickly to to keep from yeah. getting more backlash. Because at that point in the year, you got to think PlayStation Five had a pretty strong start with coming out with you know some pretty solid games at the beginning of their launch. So a lot of people were, oh, man, Xbox going to be trash, man. And, and you come out with this, too. It's like, all right, dude. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, even with the free-to-play stuff, I don't think that they've taken that away completely. They started making exceptions. I think Warzone and Fortnite, uh, you can play without Xbox Live Gold. But I don't think it, yeah. that's that's the – I don't think that's – that's just exceptions to, to their rules. So that's something that's still – it's kind of weird that it's still in place. But, mm-hmm. you know, can't yeah. be perfect, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I just hope they don't do stuff like that again. Just, 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 just don't do dumb stuff like that. Let 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 the let the Ubisofts make those types of mistakes. Yeah. Um, the second one, uh, you know, for as many bangers as Xbox had, there were also a lot of timed exclusives and and just straight up exclusives that uh, were kind of duds. Man, just didn't really make a dent or. Um, you know, it, it. I don't want to say that it hurt Game Pass or anything like that, but it just, it was just kind of sad to see that a lot of those those exclusives sort of were wet farts. Yeah. You know, um, on our notes we have like the Medium, Sable, the Ascent, Twelve Minutes, um, Warhammer, Dark Dark Tide, which no such thing as a good Warhammer game. But well, that's, you know, that's considered still that that Warhammer Dark Tide is considered probably the worst game of the year. Like it is. Like com- it's it's hysterical looking at that when game. you it's like, wow. when you look at a lot of like the worst games of the year like ACG that's his number one Warhammer Dark. yeah not because he deserved a, not because there was an expectation that Warhammer games were gonna be fantastic but because of how fucking bad it is and 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 here's <laughs> and here's my thing nobody would be talking about Warhammer Dark Tide but because it was on on Xbox Game Pass and because it was kind of pushed a little bit and 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 the medium sable the ascent 12 minutes warhammer dark tide the gunk these are games that i specifically put on here myself because these are games that had a a, a specific kind of push marketing wise right people talk talked up these games and so i think i don't think it hurts overall but i think there's that there's a little bit of kind of like yikes because 
you're, you're propping up Game Pass, you have all these first-party games, and then you also have all these other games that you're releasing, but if now you're putting yeah. the kind of stamp of, if it's not a first-party game, it's probably not going to be good. Because when you look at these games, we, we, all the games that we mentioned up top, those are all first-party games, you know? Yeah. Uh, but then when you look at the not-first-party games, and it's the medium, which I, that wasn't a terrible game, but did not, not even close to what we thought it was. Sable, nobody, that's a game that people were talking about forever, and it comes out, nobody knows, nobody's talking about it. And it also plays like hell. Uh, the Ascent, which is a game they talked up for, for a while, they had a, they had a, they talked it up on gate, on, uh, E3. Terrible. 12 Minutes, that's a game they've been talking about forever. Like, it was like a prestige indie title. Like, uh. that was gonna be, that, that game was gonna, Challenge your mind. It was going to be like incredible. <laughs> you know, the thinking man's game. Incest is a plot point. Fuck off. Uh, then you <laughs> Warhammer Dark Tide, which is in a, in a terrible, just piece of shit game. And then you got the gunk, which is just so ho hum. It doesn't even matter. It might as well not exist. So I, it's. I would even throw games like the out uh, out out Outriders. Oh, what is it again? Outriders. Yeah, yeah. I would Back even throw blood. that in there. I mean, it. Back for Blood too. Yeah, I mean. Now, look, it's not Xbox's fault that those games weren't good, but when you compare them to what kind of Sony's been able to prove with, like, knowing how to pick them, yes. like, okay, we're going to go after this game because we see something in this game that people don't. We're going to lock this in. Chicory. Uh, Final Fantasy, you know, Deathloop, things like that. You know, whether you love or hate those games, you know, they were received well, right? These games, not so much. So, I mean, it's it's nice. To, they're, they're nice to, to have when you look at the list of game pass games but not nice to play yeah. so i hope that in the future they they're a little bit Curate that just better little about better. what they yeah yeah they kind of they, they kind of should be a little bit better at that and you know if you're not going to acquire more studios then acquire some of these game pass exclusives man let's and they, and they are and I'm not, I'm not saying that next year doesn't look good from a game pass standpoint there's some stuff that they have announced that's coming to game pass and i'm like wow i'm really ha- happy to see that but I want more. But it would look so much better also if these little games also were to hit, you know? But because mm-hmm. it all can't be these bangers because they're so far and few between, really, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. So I think we've gotten that was all the lows we had, really. So um, I think it's time to uh, get into the grades, main. So uh, why don't you go ahead and start first? Tell us your grade and tell us why. Yeah, my grade's an A plus, man. Uh, for all the Ooh. for all the things that we talked about, and also the fact that I, if you look at time spent, I've barely played my PlayStation Five, only to play the exclusive games that came out this year, and I barely touched my my Switch was disconnected for a long time this this year. Like there was a, it was like by my TV for like two months. I, I didn't touch it at all. Powered on at all. Died, and so. All, everything, every time, every time, time I think about buying a third-party game, it's always Xbox because of the whole entire smart delivery stuff. You know, that anytime I think about turning on the console, a game I want to play, it's always going to be the Xbox, at least for now, just because of the amount of games that I can actually play. And then when you look at the stuff that they've done, the fucking boss-ass move of taking, not taking, but also having MLB The Show, which was a Sony exclusive for years for years it was they're the only baseball game in town for years now xbox not Mm -hmm. only now is released a third-party game also put it on game pass like fuck off that's shit like that (laughs) is 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 what tells me that they're savagery they're competing without like i've said this before phil spencer is a killer oh he's he's ice cold that smile and the nice little you know earnest humble voice on on stage 
Bro, he's out here cutting yeah. these throats. He's a killer because it's stuff like that that I am not... I own all the systems, and I always own all the systems, and I probably always will. I am not one of these fanboys that uh, I'm going to ride or die for my piece of plastic. I am going to ride or die for whatever console has my attention that year. If next year Sony is out here just releasing oh, yeah. fucking classics after classics, th- this conversation that I'm having right now, all positivity could probably be directed at, at, at PlayStation or even at Nintendo. It's not about that. It's about what we have in front of us and what we can actually see, what we can actually feel, what we can actually play. And everything is showing me that Xbox is here to kill. It's ready to play. It's ready to compete. And they've released games that are worth, that are incredible games. Some of my favorite games of the year. And so for, with that alone, it's an A plus all the way. All right. Yeah, you got a rabbit who's riding with you in the end, man. And, and Xbox has proven that they have the consumer's best interest in mind. It, they have done a lot of things, as we talked about in this segment, to prove that. And I have no reason to believe that that's going to get worse as time goes on. If anything, there's probably going to be even more of this type of support and care and consideration to the Xbox experience. Um, I'm going with an A-. And... I agree with all the reasons that you had about why your grade was so high. I think that the reason I'm going A minus though is because, and I think about this year, it was pretty dry in, for a good portion of it. It really didn't start kicking into gear until probably around when I guess when Psychonauts two came out, and that became the surprise that it was. But before that, it was a little, little dry out here. Um, not bad, bad, but it was it was like all right. I'm kind of kind of itching to play something cool on Xbox and I can't really find anything. So I'm glad it all turned out well in the end, but I think that that sluggish opening of the year to me was probably the only part of the year that I would say plus that in the, the Xbox live gold thing that happened at the beginning of the year too, wasn't the best, best time. Uh, so that's why I had to knock it down a little bit, but otherwise, man, I got to give credit where credit's due, and I'm 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 not going to shy away from how good of a year this was for them. I hope they can keep it up. Sony's going to be you know coming in strong next year with a lot of big big titles. Um, hopefully, Nintendo will have a big year as well with Zelda and in, in, in Splatoon and such. So Xbox is not going to have as easy of a ride next year as they did this year with being so great. Um, but we'll we'll see, man. But I, I I'm I'm really really happy to be an Xbox gamer. It is my preferred console right now. Uh, and I think it's deserved, bro. So I'm happy with it. Um, a minus for me. So uh, that is going to do it for this week's show. Like we said, uh, starting next week, we are going to be beginning our, our big game of the year spectacular. It's a two-part uh, blowout, if you will. So uh, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get notified when those episodes go up. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast and Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod. So that will always be in your FOV. Uh, you're welcome. On behalf of Pablo and Phil Spencer's bookshelf, thank you. We'll see you next time. <laughs>